Hi, and welcome to The Process Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Henry Harris. If you're expecting the Origin Story Podcast, consider this a subset of that. As you probably know, the Origin Story Podcast, uh, I get to interview superheroes from all walks of life. I get to hear how they got from A to B, and we talk about what they might be doing next. And the theory behind the podcast rests on two presumptions that I choose to make. One, that we're all superheroes, and two, that we can all learn from each other's journeys. Uh, those are kind of the core beliefs. So in this podcast, the subject is me. And therefore, that puts me in the role of the superhero, which I assure you I am not. <laughs> I have very real trouble saying that out loud. But if it's almost like a logical syllogism, if <laughs> if a... If all human beings are superheroes, according to my belief, and I am a human, therefore I am a superhero. So that's the last time I'll ever say that, I think, because I don't believe it. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't get better. That doesn't mean uh, that we can't learn from each other, regardless of whether I consider myself, you know, <laughs> an example or superhero or not. Uh, I want to be helpful. And I want the purpose of the podcast, well, let's just start with why, right? That's the Simon Sinek book that I've never read, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it and I've looked at the back of it. So I totally get it, right? Yeah, no, of course not. But the idea of starting with why. So why am I doing this? Well, it kind of boils down to the Tony Robbins quote that I read recently. If you do what you always did, you'll get what you've always gotten. Now, in some respects... Doing what I've done has gotten me to a pretty decent place. Uh, I am generally, I'm pretty a happy person. I am luckily and happily married. I have an amazing son. I co-founded a theater company that I love. And I've gotten to do some really cool things. And I'm generally, I'm generally happy with my life. I'm a generally happy person. I don't know if that's from what I do, though, or just that's just my makeup. You know, I don't, don't think we can cut the percentages on that, and I don't think I can know. But there are several areas of my life that I am not happy with, that I, quite frankly, I think I'm underperforming in. And it's those areas that I want to discuss. The first one I'm calling arts and crafts. And this category is going to contain uh, anything to do with uh, my artistic ambitions, which really fall under uh, the categories of acting uh, writing, some directing and producing, and working with my theater company in Violet Theater Company. So anything kind of involving artistic expression that is created personally by me, whether it's for somebody else, like in a, a role in a play, or if it's for a short story I'm submitting somewhere, or if it's something I'm creating for the company of Pinecone Turkey, that's going to fall under the arts and crafts category. Um, the second category is health and happiness, and this is uh, probably obvious, uh, really physical and mental health. And I'm not really sure that I'm going to be thinking of them as two different things um, because they, I just see that they are just so tied together. When you exercise, you feel better mentally. Uh, when you are happy mentally, you feel better physically, and they're, they're clearly related. Um, I'm a generally very happy person, just throwing that out there. Not that I don't get moody as hell or depressed sometimes. I do. 
Uh, but generally, I'm I'm pretty pleased. Um, maybe just easily pleased with life. Maybe it's point of view. Maybe it's genetic makeup. Maybe it's the way my mom raised me. I don't know. Uh, so physical health is 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 super important to me, and I'm not <laughs> doing well in that category. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. The third category is business and money, and I'm in a stupidly ridiculously fortunate, and I'll use that word, privileged position in that I do not have to be the sole breadwinner in my family. My wife works. She pays our bills. Anything I bring in is awesome, but I do not have the pressure that many people do of providing for the family. Now, I provide in other ways. You know, I'm, I'm the, the primary caregiver in the family for our son, and I love that. But that's not the same as being in a situation like my mom was, where she was the only caregiver in the family and the only breadwinner in the family. I can't even imagine uh, being in that situation. I like to think that I would rise to it, but quite frankly, I don't know, and I don't want to know. Or maybe I would like to know by, by succeeding and, and triumphing and persevering in other directions, but I certainly don't want to change what is right now a very happy family life that I have. And I probably won't be discussing my son or my wife very often. I don't think I want this. I want to be as open and honest as I can without uh, infringing on their privacy. I think that probably makes sense to most of y'all. So those are the categories, arts and crafts, health and happiness, business and money. And so I think in this introductory episode or first episode, we probably should find a baseline in each of these kind of categories. And so let's talk about arts and crafts first. So I think a way to organize this, since this is going to be a monthly podcast, would be to kind of give myself an an area within each of these categories that I am trying to get better in. And the first one I want to talk about is, for the month of May at least, is writing. Now, I have written a couple of plays. I've attempted to write a couple of screenplays. I've written some short stories. Uh, a couple of them have been published. Um, but mainly, I am a writer who doesn't write, <laughs> which is not a writer at all. And so my May challenge to myself is to change that. I would like to develop the habit of writing every day. Now, does a writer have to write every day to call himself a writer or herself a writer? No, of course not. Many writers do write every day. Many writers do not. There are successful and unsuccessful ones in both categories. And I'm sure uh, there's there's a a million ways to tackle finishing a story or a novel. Uh, For myself, I want to try something to see if I can. Can I write every day? And I also want to give myself uh, a victory. So I think I'm choosing to use a a paradigm which hopefully assures success on some level. And that is a a phrase that I picked up from my wife and some work that she's doing. And that's good, better, and best. So what is good, better, and best in, in the arena of writing every day? Well, I'm going to say that good is writing 100 words a day. 100 words a day is really like nothing. It it is it is a small paragraph. It is it is it should be so easy to accomplish that I should always at least be good. Now, have I done this in the past? No. Have I have I tried? I've kind of tried. I've never tried it with a 100 word count goal. 
the word count has always been a little bit higher. And at some point, then I just don't succeed and I just give up and then I stop. So I want this minimum goal of success, of good, to be so friggin' low that I am able to meet it at minimum, minimum effort. Now, why? Is this really worth achieving then if it's so friggin' easy to do? Well, I want to build up that muscle. I want to build up the habit. There are a thousand quotes about just showing up for work that I think is so important. And it's something in the writing arena that I've never really done. Again, if you do what you always did, you'll get what you've always gotten. Guess how many books I've written? Zero. Guess how many short stories are in my head? Too many. But not of them enough are on paper or digital paper. Same with book ideas. I've got tons of ideas. Ideas are easy. Um, <laughs> you know, they're e relatively easy. It's the execution of those ideas that are hard. And you can't finish, you can't get to like a great, you know, finished product of a story or book that it will hopefully entertain and work when you can't even get a first draft down. So, boom, good, 100 words. Now, what's better? Better I'm going with 300 words. And I've used this before as a, um, as a metric to, to write. Say, so, all right, I'm going to bust out 300 words every single day. Never been able to consistently do it, even though, again, 300 words is not a lot of words. It's really easy. So that's better. Um, what's best? You know, best, I'm going to say 500 words. So 500 words. Again, not that friggin' difficult. Yet, I've never been able to do it. Now, Stephen King, in his book on writing, which is an incredible book, if anybody out there wants to uh, learn more about Stephen King, obviously, or be a writer or learn about writers, uh, his book is, everybody who's, want, who's even considered writing anything has read it. And you should too, if you're interested in that. Uh, he suggests a thousand words a day and that your, and he does write every day. He thinks you should as well. Uh, not as well, because I don't know what I think. I'm just going to try it out. Um, so a thousand words a day, and you basically should, so you should be able to finish your a draft of a novel, you know, in a season, I think is the way he puts it. So that would be a thousand words a day, which now that is hard. I'll just go ahead and say in flat out, you know, it's hard. So I am, again, I'm trying to build the muscle. I'm trying to build the habit. So I am just going to go for good, better, or best. I mean, I would love to have more best days than good days. Do I anticipate that? I don't know. Uh, Terry Pratchett, a uh, science fiction writer, um, just really prolific writer, uh, did a, the Discworld series, uh, which is kind of what he's primarily known for. He used to write 400 words a day, and he would write it every single day, and that was why he had a full-time job. So I really don't have a full-time job. I've got lots of little jobs that I do, but I think I can at least do good, hopefully better, and you know, hopefully a decent amount of the time best also. So how to keep up with this? Um, okay, first of all, well, so what am I writing on? Well, I've got kind of two projects right now that I'm uh, thinking about and working on. One is a short story for a collection of short stories that I am uh, publishing. And I think we'll talk about that in the business and money section because uh, I think most of what I'll talk about on this project, well, I'll talk about on both, in, in both categories. So I have a story that I'm writing. Um, it's uh, 
the inspiration for this story was the month of October, and I've done tons of um, thinking and daydreaming and musing on what October means to me as a month, and I've had several ideas. I've written already two stories on this, and I think they're both horrible, <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to... I'm not going to use them as my contribution, but I have started a new one that I am excited about, and so I'm going to be working on the October short story, just for our purposes is what I'll call it, and uh, there's a short play contest that some friends have been in before, and they're always looking for more people to submit to the contest, and so they forwarded that to me a couple of years ago, and one, I wrote a play and then just forgot to send it in because I was an idiot. Uh, another time, and actually I like that one. They give you a theme. Sorry, I should say that. You email in, they give you a theme, or they give you a prompt. Uh, in the writing world, you have writing prompts. And they're, they're great ways to get the juices flowing. The um, the saying that it's, you know, if you look at a blank page, you know, with this limitless possibilities, limitless possibilities, that that can be intimidating and that can uh, actually be like very, very difficult to start something with. If you constrict that a little bit and you boil it down to some uh, some things that you have to include, actually, that's usually easier. It's uh, sometimes with a smaller budget, designers are able to do amazing things because they have, they're forced to be more creative because the world is not limitless for them and what they can do. So they give you a writing prompt. So those are kind of the two projects that I'm going to be working on. Let me see. The writing prompt for the short story is for me, and I'm pretty sure like not everybody has the same one. Mine is destroying public property is prohibited. So nice alliteration there with the public property and prohibited. And I have no idea what I'm going to write on this, but it's due in June. I think it's mid-June. So over the course of the month, I'm going to write this short play. And... For the short story, it's easy with obviously 100, 300, 500 words. For the when I'm working the days that I'm working on this play, I think I'm just going to give it a good is 30 minutes, and you know, better is 45, and best would be an hour. Um, short plays, I mean, they're hard to do. There's so many bad ones. <laughs> the truth of it, but uh, there's so many really good ones too. And with a play, it's very different. You know, it's not meant to be read like literature, I consider like a play, like a screenplay, even though plays are studied as literature, especially with something like Shakespeare. Um, you know, a screenplay is clearly a document, a tool for different departments in a film production to use. Play is not quite that, um, you know, cut and dry as far as it's a document to be, you know, just used by the departments. It's, but it's, but it's closer to that than it is to like a short story. So, I, but basically, what I'm saying is, as a writer of a play, you've got help. You've got actors, and you've got director, and you've got a producer who is going to make your play better. You've got designers. You've got stage manager. All of them make what you do better. As a prose writer, you have yourself. You have those <laughs> fools around you who are willing to read your work and make it better. You have an editor who will be extremely helpful, hopefully, if you have a good one. And, you know, that's it. So you have a little less people. It's more on you. Uh, but a good editor should not, be, should not be undervalued, that's for sure. So that's kind of what we're going to do 
in the month of May writing-wise. I would love, uh, come June, when I'm recording this, to have a draft of both done. And that would be, and then kind of, that's where I kind of need to be, to be honest with you. So let's see if I can write every day, and let's just see what the fuck happens, right? So I want to read a portion from a book that I love. It's written by an author, a gentleman named Stephen Pressfield, who worked his tail off for years and years and years trying to be a writer uh, with very, very little success and then ended up having great success. And what I would like to develop is a routine and ethos that he has. And this is a book, this is from The War of Art. Break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles. And kind of just forget the subtitle. I don't like the subtitle, but uh, this book I love, and I've probably read it 100 times, and it helps. And if you're like, well, if it helps so much, how come you haven't been able to write every day? I don't know. I'm not there yet. But let me read this to you, and I I hope this won't go long. This is the very first uh, page of the book. It's called What I Do. I get up take a shower, have breakfast. I read the paper, brush my teeth. Five phone calls to make, I make them. I've got my coffee now. I put on my lucky work boots and stitch up my lucky laces that my niece Meredith gave me. I head back to my office, crank up the computer. My lucky hooded sweatshirt is draped over the chair with the lucky charm I got from a gypsy in Saint Marie de la Mer for only eight bucks in francs. And my lucky Largo name tag that came from a dream I once had. I put it on. On my thesaurus is my lucky cannon that my friend Bob Versandi gave me from Morro Castle, Cuba. I pointed toward my chair so it can fire inspiration into me. I say my prayer, which is the invocation of the muse from Homer's Odyssey, translation by T.E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, which my dear mate Paul Rink gave me, which sits near my shelf with the cufflinks that belong to my father, and my lucky acorn from the battle at Thermopylae. It's about 10.30 now. I sit down and plunge in. When I start making typos, I know I'm getting tired. That's four hours or so. I've hit the point of diminishing returns. I wrap for the day. Copy whatever I've done to a disc and stash the disc in the glove compartment of my truck in case there's a fire and I have to run for it. I power down. It's 3, 3.30. The office is closed. How many pages have I produced? I don't care. Are they any good? I don't even think about it. All that matters is I put in my time and hit hit it with all I've got. All that counts is that for this day, for this session, I have overcome resistance. And resistance in this is capitalized. And the book is all about naming what it is out there that we, that stops us from doing whatever it is that we want to do. If it's starting a new business, it's the fear. It's what your friends will think. It's what your spouse thinks that could be negative and holding you back. If it's losing weight, it's laziness. It's the pizza. It's the late-night ads for food. Uh, Resistance, he embodies and personifies and names this evil force that fights against us. And by naming it, he can combat it. And it's a continual thing. You don't ever get over it. So my goal for this month of May is to recognize and beat resistance every day in at least this area 
of my life. And honestly, I have no idea how it's going to go. But I think by saying these words aloud, by publishing these words to this podcast, even if, you know, only one person listens to it, and maybe that person's just me, I think it's going to help me. At least that's that's the theory. So that that covers arts and crafts for this month. Uh, and I'm curious to see how... All right, let's talk about the next category here, and that's that's health and happiness. And really, I'm, I'm focused mainly on health, though, because I, th- I think if I'll be healthier, I will be happier. Uh, our baseline for today, and this kills me to say, but I'm going to do it. I weighed 335 pounds this morning. Just let that sink in. Good God. If you were to tell me that I would weigh over 300 pounds, and I'm not just over 300 pounds, I'm well over 300 pounds. If you were to tell me that I weighed 300 pounds when I was younger, I would have punched you in the face or gone crying in the corner. It boggles my mind, the choices that I've made and the things that I've done that have gotten me here. And I'm not going to beat myself up about it because, you know what, I've already done that my entire life. What's interesting to me, a lot of things are interesting to me about this, but what's surprising to me is that, you know, in high school, I completely thought of myself as fat. Now, I know this is a common thing. I looked at pictures and, you know, hey, wasn't fat. I might have been bigger than other people, but sure as hell wasn't fat. And uh, I know this is very common, so it's not like some crazy point of insight. But, golly, 335 pounds. And that has not been my baseline. I just got back from a weekend where I just ate and drank way too much. And it was a lot of fun, and I had a great time bonding with my friends. So perhaps worth it, perhaps not. I think probably worth it, though. Um, So my baseline has been about 325. And, you know, there's been lots of studies coming out. You know, about different diets, you know, back in the day we had the 80s, you know, the low-fat diet, and we totally were all over that, and, you know, all the corruption that went on with the sugar uh, lobby and the versus, you know, eating fat and all that kind of stuff. You you probably know all about that, and if you don't, uh, leave a comment on the blog and or email me, and uh, I'll show you the links that I've, that I've read and things that I know about. Anyway, suffice it to say that 325 has been my baseline now for a little bit and that that just can't happen. Uh, because of that, because of my family history of uh, diabetes, because of the fact that I'm morbidly obese, I also have diabetes. Yay! My diabetes is generally under control. I did not take my little glucose monitor down to the fishing with me. I feared what it would say. And so, but it's been okay. It's not been okay enough to get off medicine, of course, but it has been uh, okay. I don't have to take insulin just yet. And that's the goal, is not to take insulin. Actually, the better goal is to get off the medicines that I am on. How will this happen? By losing weight. How do you lose weight? You, you, You change your lifestyle for me. And my lifestyle right now is eating basically what I want, drinking what I want, smoking what I want, and, um, you know, getting some exercise, but not disciplined exercise, certainly not every day. So my goal in the health and happiness department is pretty, uh, 
It's pretty simple. It's to move every day. Now, how does moving every day break out into the good, better, best kind of metric that I'm that I'm using for this? And I think it breaks out. This is the following way it's going to break out for me in this month, uh, criteria-wise. Good is going to be intentionally moving. That's a walk. That's intentional stretching. I have some injuries that I've had recently that I've my physical therapist has given me daily exercises to do. If I do those daily exercises, that takes about 10 to 15 minutes, or I go for a walk, I'm going to count that as intentional movement. Again, I'm trying to build a habit. I'm trying to do better than what I'm doing now. And fortunately or unfortunately, that bar is fairly darn low. So that's going to be good. What's going to be better? Well, better is going to be doing, actually, you know, it might be easier to say what's best in this case. So what is best? Best is doing a workout with a personal trainer. Hey, how lucky am I that I can afford a personal trainer? Pretty damn lucky. Um, So let's use this trainer. So I'm going to work out with her once a week, and then she's going to give me, or I'm going to copy the same exercise that I do another twice a week. So that's 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 strength training generally. Now, on days where I'm not strength training, she's given me, you know, a recommended cardio time and heart rate to keep it in. And I think it's like 125 to 165 for 40 minutes. And I've got it, got it written down, so I'll be able to refer to it. Uh, so if I do either one of those things, that's going to be best. Uh, so better is going to be in between. And I know that's nebulous, but again, the point is just to move. So every day, seven days a week, can I do this? Now, I fully understand the danger of uh, all or nothing thinking. That's certainly gotten me into trouble in the past. Like, okay, I'm not going to eat red meat. And then you eat red meat once, and you're like, well, hell with it. I'm just going to eat all kinds of red meat. And maybe that's a bad example because red meat's not necessarily bad for you. But the thinking is to where you give up or like, man, I shouldn't have had that pancake for breakfast. But since I did, I'm going to have a Bloody Mary at lunch, and I'm going to eat, you know, nothing but chocolate cake for dinner. You know, that kind of thing. So I'm aware of that kind of thinking as far as being perfect. But I'm really not looking for perfect. And again, the bar is so low. I just want to get in the habit of moving every day. I am happier when I do it. Uh, So that's going to be our health and happiness for the month of May, is really thinking about movement. And there's one other thing I want to think about and talk about, and that is sleep. You know, all these books and studies have been coming out recently about how important sleep is. And I just recently heard a podcast on by Joe Rogan's show, the Joe Rogan Experience, with uh, uh, a scientist named Matthew Walker. And he wrote a book, I think it was released last year, but maybe it's now in paperback or something, Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. And it was fascinating and scary as hell because I don't sleep well at all. I am just a horrible sleeper, and I have been for a while. I've almost always been a night owl which was okay, I guess, when I could sleep as long as I wanted. But when when the hell could you ever sleep as long as you wanted? You know, in undergrad, if you played your, your schedule right, you could. 
uh, and rarely did I. Law school, certainly not. I uh, went to law school. That was a great decision, by the way. Um, certainly couldn't sleep as late as I wanted then. And now uh, I have a child. You know, then I was working, uh, and now I have a child. So got to get the boy to school. So certainly can't sleep as late as I want to then. So night owl doesn't work <laughs> for me anymore. And so there's a, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to buy it as soon as I stop talking on this podcast. And I'm going to read that book this month and going to talk about it next month. And I'm going to talk about it, uh, write it down in the blog, and just kind of see if I can't improve my sleep. The bottom line, seven to nine hours is what it calls for. I currently get about five and a half to six. Not good, not healthy. And you know, according to this latest science, and again, science changes, you know, we'll go back to what we we're talking about with the nutrition and those strategies. Um, basically, it's going to be really hard for me to lose weight if I am not getting more sleep. I don't understand the whole science behind it, but let's, 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 let's just go with it for right now. This book does. Uh, I've heard some of it. Again, that's not my strong suit. I'm not the guy who's going to go on PubMed and and read a bunch of studies and then like formulate my own plan. I'm afraid I'm going to need some scientists and popular scientists and even self-help scientist type folks to to help me out. Uh, that's that's the that's where I am in this process. So sleep. I'm going to at least I'm going to track my sleep. I'm not going to say some pronouncement like I'm going to go to bed at a certain time. I'm going to track it, learn from it, see where I am. Now, hopefully by doing this, I'm going to be choosing to go to bed earlier than later, um, choosing not to drink alcohol as much because that affects your sleep, plus that's calories, plus you make bad choices when you're, you're consuming alcohol. So it's all related. But the, the, the minimum kind of thing I'm looking at is tracking the sleep and moving every day. All right, so that's health and happiness. So our third category is uh, business and money. So on the business side of things, I started an LLC called Pinecone Turkey. Now, what the hell is Pinecone Turkey? So Pinecone Turkey is an arts distribution and creation company. Primarily, at this point, it's been all distribution. Uh, If you're listening to this, you probably subscribe to the Flock email. If you don't, please go to pineconeturkey.com and sign up for it. It's two emails a month, and the first email has a a, a tiny monthly exposure to art in four different categories, Uh, usually something on camera, like a webisode or short film, uh, a piece of prose or narrative nonfiction, so some writing, some poetry, and some visual art. You know, sometimes it's uh, an artist that I've met, and I'll record them describing a piece uh, of work that they've done. Sometimes I'm linking to an article with an interview, or sometimes it's uh, something by the artist themselves and, and the painting. It, it can be a different thing. The whole idea is to to greater is to help these artists out one by increasing their exposure, admitting that right now the increase in exposure I'm giving them is tiny compared to what it will hopefully be down the road, and two, um, showing you guys some cool art. You know, it's really it's like that simple. That's the idea. I think it makes the world a better place. There's so much out there, so, so much, that honestly, it's, it's like what we were talking about earlier with designers and choices and uh, the bank, the blank page versus some constriction. Uh, so if you feel overwhelmed, like, sure, you know there's poetry online, but where are you going to look? 
here, boom, here. Here's something, try it. You might like it. You might not. You get another something next month. Maybe you'll like that one better. Maybe it'll move you. Maybe it'll make you feel something. Maybe it'll teach the world empathy. All the beautiful things that art can do. Uh, again, not trying to change the world in a grand picture or big picture kind of thing. Just trying to small improvement. Here, here's a piece of art. See if you like it. So that's that's Pinecone Turkey, and that's the art distribution at the moment. Now the art creation. We do have a project that is uh, ongoing. And I don't have a name for the project yet. I'll describe it right now. I don't have a title. It's going to be a book of short stories. What I did was ask 11 writers who I respect to write me a short story, and I let them choose a month of the year to do it. Uh, As it got down to the nitty-gritty and there were only a few months left, sometimes I was assigning months. But the idea was take this month, ruminate on it, let it inspire you, let it bubble something up in you and write me a short story with that as the inspiration. And I plan on publishing that in this fall, 2018. Now that's, hey, that's new. <laughs> Have I published a book before? No. Do I know how to run a small business? No. Um, am I particularly good with money? No. So learning, 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 learning. And I for this one, I really don't have a good, better, best on something I'm going to do every day. So for business and money on this one, it's really going to go back to the arts and crafts daily one because guess what? That short story that I'm working on for October, well, that's going to be in the book. So I've got to get it done. I've got to get it better. Um, But I do want to talk about, you know, Pinecone Turkey and trying to have it make a little bit of money. You know, I uh, have I thought out an amazing business plan for this? No, I just thought this was something that should exist, that I'll have fun doing and that can hopefully generate some kind of income. Um, this whole thing is an experiment. This particular podcast you're listening to right now is an experiment. The idea for doing pinecone turkey is an experiment. And I'm just going to see if it works or not. And if it doesn't work, see if it can be amended another way. But with all of these things, what I'm also doing is scratching my own itch. Like, honestly, it can't fail. If no one listens to this podcast, I've already said things out loud now to myself that is going to help me. And I've, I've been surprised. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's a good reminder of that. I've, I'd forgotten that. Already a success. Uh, searching for art to put in for the flock email already has made me better. I've already found things that have inspired me. It's already helped me as a human being and as someone who is trying to create art. It has forced me to go out there and, and expose myself to things that I didn't know about. Uh, the, the origin story podcast, the podcast that this is the, this process podcast is coming under the feed is already a success. Even if nobody is listening to it, and there are people listening to it, but I've already been able to meet really super interesting, cool people. You know, they were all, they're all acquaintances so far, but I've, I know them better now and I'm inspired by them and I'm learning from them and I'm becoming a better interviewer. Certainly. Certainly it's helping me in, in other ways. Again, I'm increasing my exposure to, to really interesting folks. And that's been really exciting. Uh, the other th- 
podcast that we do uh, with my son, the Owls on Culture podcast. We have a ball doing that. It's super fun. It's hard to get everything done. It's hard to schedule. It's hard to make the time to do it. Sometimes my son and I are both <laughs> lazy and looking at each other like, do we really want to do this? But when we get into it, it is super fun and enjoyable. And there will be episodes coming out talking about uh, the new Avengers movie. And it's it's just given us something very fun to do. It was, um, I don't remember if it was his idea or my idea. I think we were just talking about a movie and blah, 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 we should record this. And I think it just kind of came up, you know, naturally through that. Um, and again, does, does it matter if anybody listens to that? Not really. Um, I think it's interesting because I think you get the perspective of a parent and a child, you know, 45-year-old and 11-year-old on different things of culture. But it also, it, it encourages us to go out and explore other things. Now, it's been mainly movies, but it's also going to be museum exhibits. It's also going to be books that we read. Uh, it's not always going to be the low-hanging fruit of the latest Marvel superhero movie, but even if it was, is, is, is there something wrong with that? Probably not, uh, because it's it's something we do together, and uh, it's it's quality it's quality time, quite frankly. And also, it's going to be um, you know a recorded uh, timepiece of my son at this age, and I suppose me at this age too, but that's not as interesting as, you know, my boy at 11 years old talking about, you know, movies and things that I'm going to have that on, you know, recorded. And, um, that's, 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 a, that's a nice thing. That's special. So kind of, that's it. I think it's time to wrap up. I don't want these to be long. My origin story podcasts are really long and I know that <laughs> I know that some of you guys aren't into that. Um, but I like it. I am. I really enjoy long-form podcasts. I enjoy uh, Joe Rogan's and Tim Ferriss's. I listen to both of those a lot. Um, I'm stealing from both of them at any chance I get, uh, trying to figure out what they do that works and uh, and what I enjoy about what they do. But you know, steal like an artist is a is a book and a and a mantra that I can get behind. Um, so these are the three categories, and I just want to explain a little bit more about why I chose them. I realize that when I am happiest in my life, excluding, you know, wife and kid kind of situations, I'm happiest when I have uh, written or done something creative, when I have worked out or moved. And the other one usually is when I've, when I've meditated. So, and I did not bring that up as something to do, but honestly, I think I'm going to add it right now. Um, Spend at least some time meditating or deep breathing and, and see how that works. And maybe that's too much to do. All right, so yeah, forget that. Forget the meditation. Maybe we'll try that in June. But right now, let's. we're going to concentrate on these things. We're going to write every day, good, better, best. We're going to move every day, good, better, best. And we're going to report back in a month in the June, the Process Podcast episode. And we're also going to keep kind of weekly totals or weekly uh, updates on the Process blog which you can find at pineconeturkey.com. For the daily things, for daily accountability, I think I'm going to use Instagram stories. And I'm just going to put on there, hey, I've written, word count. Hey, I've moved, you know, done that. Uh, there's a, there's an author and uh, speaker named Ryan Holiday who is, uh, he's written four or five books. He used to be the marketing guy at American Apparel back when he was like 20 years old. And now he's written best-selling books, and he's uh, big into Stoic philosophy, which is you know extremely popular right now. I think somebody said it's the 
I don't know. It's the new Lance Armstrong yellow bracelet is studying uh, stoic philosophy. And I, so that's one of my Facebook friends. So if I'm stealing your thing, I apologize. I don't know who said it. Um, but it may be right. Maybe it's a little fashionable and embarrassing. But I have another project that I'm working on that I'm not ready to talk about. Uh, this is one of those that's going to take years where I've been studying a lot of philosophy lately, not just Stoic philosophy, but Stoicism is part of it. So I've been reading a lot of that as of late for that. And um, anyway, so Ryan Holiday, who's, who's, you know, sends these things out on his Instagram feed, he'll have like his run, he'll have his swim. And at first I was like, well, this is kind of friggin' obnoxious, but you know what? I think it helps him. And I think it might help me. All right, so this is 40 minutes. The rest of them will be 40 minutes or shorter, I suppose. I promise. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, if you haven't signed up for the flock, please do so. If you want to leave a comment, uh, please do so. Again, go pinecoturkey.com. Look for the process blog. This podcast will be under the Origin Story podcast. Uh, so hopefully, and if you're not into this at all, don't even listen to it. No worries. It doesn't matter. Uh, each one will be listed as the process podcast, like episode one or episode two, that kind of thing. And the origin story episodes where I'm interviewing people much more interesting and badass than me, those will still be available on the same feed. And those will just be listed under that guest's name. So hopefully there won't be any conclusion. If you're not into this, no big deal, man. No worries whatsoever. If you are, thank you. If you want to, uh, do this together. Golly, that would be amazing. Uh, send me an email, mhh at pineconeturkey.com, or comment on the blog, and let's figure out a way to get some um, some some mutual accountability to help each other. Uh, that would be really, really great. All right, signing off. Thank you for listening.